All right, there we go. So I want to give you a little insight. I like to give y'all tips, something to help you out. So I want to tell you about um, C3 at the venue, a wonderful place, a venue that can be transformed into anything that you want it to be, uh, whether it is for a reunion, a wedding. We had wrestling, um, pro wrestling in there with Deadlock Pro Wrestling. I I did put some pictures out there so you could see. Um, It has, this venue can be turned into anything you want. So if you're trying to figure out something new, something fun, something different for your family and friends, you want to throw a big soiree, uh, you want to have something elegant, you want to have something down to earth, whatever way you want to go, we can do it. Give us a call, 919-615-1457-C3venue.com. You can go to the website and you can leave a message there. Ask for Johnny, Kelvin, Lisa, myself. Um, there are so many of us. So, you know, just uh, call in and, and tell them Elder Michelle sent you. And uh, they'll take very good care of you or, if you, like I said, if you want me, just tell them you want to work with Elder Hinton and they'll get hold of me so that I can work with you. Hey there, Sister Butler. Good to see you on. So, as I said, we are. I like to give you information that'll help you. You need food, some really good food. Then I want to tell you about C3 at the venue again because there they have. Um, their own company, the catering company called Christopher's Catering. Some of the best food this side of heaven. Cause I'm trying to tell you it's just that good. You'll feel like you in heaven when you eating it. So you'll be like, Oh my God, why have I not known about this until now? So check them out for any of your um, venue needs, any of your catering needs. They are very professional, excellent staff, delicious, oh, scrumptious food, and they will treat you right. They don't do a lot of gimmicks. They tell you straight up. And if you talk with them and do a tour, at the end of the tour, you can know exactly how much whatever you want would cost because they'll give you a free consultation where they'll give you um, an invoice showing you how much it would cost. They can do that summary so that you can have real numbers. You know, you go to a lot of places and I working uh, as a caterer, I have walked into some of these places and listened to them telling them, oh, you should, oh, you can do this and oh, well, we can work that in. And these people end up spending thousands and thousands of dollars that they didn't expect to spend because they didn't get straight talk, no gimmicks, and the bottom line when they came and did their tour. See, because a lot of people do tours and don't want talk numbers. They want to give you all of this wonderful stuff, greet you with a glass of uh, champagne and sit you down in a wonderful room and treat you like you're royalty, but they don't tell you the, the bottom line. Well, I want to tell you that C3 at the venue, that's the place. They are located at 5291 Capitol Boulevard, Raleigh, North Carolina. And they also, if you have a business, they have a business hub. It's called C3 at 5205. So you can go 5205 Capitol Boulevard and see them. Get a tour. I'm telling you, try these people. You will not regret it. And I wouldn't tell you if I didn't believe in them. Okay. Wonderful set of people. Um, Perfect, perfect. Now, let's move on into the Word of God. I was sitting there and trying to figure out what I was going to talk about tonight. And a song popped in my head. And I said, oh, that works. So, we're going to go first. I want to go to um, Micah. And we're going to go to the seventh chapter of Micah. And we're going to start at the sixth verse. And it says, For the son dishonoreth the father, 
The daughter riseth up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies. I want you to hear this. I want you to catch this because of where we're going. It's good to see you on, Sister Green. But it says, a man's enemies are the men of his own house. Think about that while I read you the next scripture. The next set of scriptures to go with this for tonight. It's coming out of 1 Peter, the third chapter, the eighth and the ninth verses. And it says, finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise, blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. Now in Micah, we are talking about how you got the enemy in your own house. And then in First Peter, we're talking about the brethren and how we're supposed to treat each other. Now, the song that came to my mind is gonna, it's not a spiritual, but it was a Marvin Gaye song. And it was, What's Going On? And I think tonight for the topic, that's a very good topic. What's going on? Especially since we're talking to the church. Um, the scripture, I mean, the song starts, mother, mother, there's crying, many of you dying. You know, we got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Um, and then it goes on. And of course, it's talking about we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the answer. But I like this part. It says, for only love can conquer hate. And that is where we want to go. Only love can conquer hate. And we want to talk about what's going on. What's going on in church? When we look at Micah, Micah tells you, it says that a man's enemies is in a man's own house. Why? Look at the church today. We don't have to have the devil come and tear up the church. We doing it. Our enemy is not in the streets. It's no longer that the enemy is the, the, the ones in the streets going against the church. It's the ones right in the church. What's, what's going on with the church today that we don't understand how to love? It says, Charity, be fervent in charity, for it covers a multitude of sin. Why? Because if we have love one to another and charity one to another, then some of this mess and junk that's happening in the churches, it won't be happening. Now, you know, I know I said that I won't going to use that word, the churches anymore, because the church, the true church, but I'm using it to say because there are churches, just not the church. Within the building, there are many churches, the church of, uh, of discord, the church of, there's a whole bunch of them, church of disbelief. They get together and they form a church of their own. But I'm talking, when I talk to the true church of Christ, the problem that we have is inside of the building is a whole bunch of churches that ain't for Christ. And why is it that we keep allowing these things to go on in the church? This is what I can't understand. Um, I know that we have to love and we have to be um, uh, compassionate, but why is it that we are allowing the sin to carry on? Why is it that in the church we see people going wrong, doing wrong, uh, uh, causing problems, causing discord, but we won't stop them because, yeah, well, why should I say anything? Long as they ain't bothering me. But here's the thing. If you are a part of God's church, 
then those people that sow discord is bothering you. Why? Because you have to answer to the Lord as to why you didn't help that drowning sister that them naysayers was tearing apart. And y'all have to excuse me tonight, but at work today, there was someone that had on a lot of perfume and me and my allergies, they really got in there and started messing with me. So my throat is a little scratchy tonight, but we're going to push through, you know, I believe in pressing towards that mark. So tonight we're talking about what's going on. All right. Now I didn't gave you scripture. Now it's my turn to let the Holy Spirit just talk the way the Holy Spirit wants to, because I'm trying to follow things and I need to get real here because this is real talk. So let's talk about it. What's going on? Why is it? What's going on in the church? And let's start tonight. I think I want to do it. I'm going to do a breakdown. Let's walk it. Okay. Let's start first. Um, Start at the door. What's going on with the ushers on the door? Ushers back in the day, they might have been a little stern, but here's the thing. They were stern because they were on. And they was real about the word. I mean, they went back there on the door, giggling and laughing, walking over here, doing that, talking about people, looking at folks like what you want. They were on their post. It's a duty and an honor to them to post at the door, at the uh, be a gatekeeper in the, the Lord's house. That was important. And so they did it with reverence and they did it with sincerity. And yes, they were stern, but here's the thing. They weren't stern as in mean. They were stern about you ain't, spoke, you ain't got no business when the pastor talking and getting ready to give the word, getting up and walking out. They look, uh-uh, you don't walk by. They were quick to reprimand. Children, uh-uh, baby, you need to sit down. Uh-uh, we don't move now. See, but I'll tell you what's going on. Parents lost wisdom. Hear me, hear me. Parents lost wisdom. And they stopped believing that it takes a village to raise a child. So they got to that place of, don't you say nothing to my kid. So, ushers started backing off, letting go of their duty and not feeling as if they were capable of doing the job. So then it became party time instead. Plus, let's be real. We started letting things on stuff without them going through training. And I ain't talking about just training to learn how to be an usher. I mean, we started letting them come in and take seats, and take titles, and ain't nobody been trained about being a, a disciple of Christ or whatever church you are a member of. We stopped sending people to a training class where you had to sit in class for six weeks and you're taught who you are. Because if I'm calling myself a disciple of Christ, Church of Christ, disciple of Christ I need to know exactly what that means. But we're not giving those classes. So we so busy trying to make up for the pandemic that we just, ooh, we're so happy when somebody walk in and say they want to join. All right, uh, yes. We don't make them sit for them 30 days, 90 for them to be able to take um, any titles, but 30 days just to get acclimated. Oh, go ahead and get to work. Well, wait a minute. No, this is why you got mess in your choirs, on your usher board, on your motherboard, the deacon board, in your trustees, on your different committees, on the women committee, on the men's committee. This is why you got mess and you got problems because we let them come through the door. Don't give them no training, throw them out there. Tell them sink or swim. And many of them sink. Why? Because something over there. 
that's been in your church for 50 years, that's got that bad attitude, don't never want to see nothing go right, gets hold of that one that didn't get no training. Matter of fact, you know, I should have probably got the seeds that fell on the different grounds because it talks about those types of people. And see, we get those seeds that get in there and the tear grows up and, and chokes it. That's those young people that come in, not necessarily in age, but in spirituality. And they come into the church and they don't get the training and they get hold of them. These ones, these look, these sad churches. You know what I'm saying? The sad churches that get a hold of them. They the little backbiting church and the backstabbing church, the discord church, the sow the seed of hatred church, sow the seed of malice church. Those ones get hold of that new little seed and choke it to death. Why? Because we don't train them. What's going on in the church today? Let's move from the ushers, because the ushers, they they can easily be put back in place. All you got to do is sit them down and tell them, look, honey, you can't do this on the door. It's easy to put the, the usher back. You just got to have a conversation with them. You sit down with them, the pastor and the ushers, and you talk it out, and you find out, well, what's the problem? Why do you feel this way? And when you find out information, you can help them. Let's move a little further in. Let's come to the congregation that's sitting. Church. Oh, that's supposed to be the church. All right, with the lay members that come in. They done parted all Saturday night. What's going on with the church? You want to party on Saturday. You want to cuss out everybody at work on Friday. But then you want to come to church on Sunday and say, oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And want to speak in tongues and want to shout and run all over the building. But you ain't even got no spiritual nothing. You don't have a spiritual foundation because you don't know Jesus. And the reason you don't know Jesus is because nobody ever trained you. You had a spiritual experience. It felt good to you. You joined the church. Or your parents drug you to church and said, okay, it's time for you to get uh, join the church. So you joined the church. Your girlfriends got jo uh, joined the church. You join the church. Your boy joined the church. You join the church. You want to do something in the church. You join the church. Let me fix that for you with just a few words. You can't join Jesus church. You got to be born in the church. Because you must be. You got to be born again. See, you can't join Jesus. You got to be birthed in, babes. So this is the problem. It's too many people joining the church. They ain't being born again. They know nothing about Christ. You say something to somebody about the crucifixion and they looking at you like, what is it? Is that somewhere? It what, Was that when they was breaking bread? It's that thing that you do at the church? No. Where they have the little the little cup thingy. Is that it? They don't understand. They don't know. Because no one's training them and teaching them about the truth. Where is the gospel? What's going on in the church? I was always told and taught in my school. GDI, just a quick plug, goes for a disciple. It's too. Um, that... You have not preached the gospel if I don't bring you by the cross. So what is this mess that's going on in the church? What is this? You can have it all and you can be rich. All you need to do is. What? what wait a minute. The Lord did not promise me a rose garden. What he did say is that he would that you would prosper and be in health. So here's the thing. Good health is rich. If you got good health, 
baby, you got something to brag about and boast about because it means that the Lord is giving you good health. That's how you prosper. You prosper not necessarily this way. What's going on in the church, man? I want to know why are we telling people to work the word and it'll work for you? First of all, the word is not to be worked. The word is to be lived, not worked. It is not a gimmick. It is not some cat in the hat. It's not a rabbit out of the magician's hat. This is not some magic voodoo voodoo. This is Christ's words and him telling you how to make it in to the other. I want to know what's going on in the church today. We teaching and preaching a whole bunch of mess and I ain't heard the gospel. We want to preach ourselves what I got. Oh, I done got this. Oh, I got that. You're, back, you're bragging and you're boasting, but it told me that if you boast, it should be about the Lord, not about your stuff. I got a whole bunch of stuff. I don't need to tell you what God done blessed me with. That's my blessing. And these days, baby, you better be careful about what you're boasting about what you got because people getting killed because they on the media telling folks about what they got. And folks come to your house to rob you. Okay. So I ain't trying to tell everybody about what stuff I got. I want to tell you about thing that I got. And anybody tell you, I got the love of Jesus. I got the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Savior, Redeemer. He is the one that is his blood that continues to cover me. I want to know, church, what's going on? Dr. Best, I see you. Don't scare me up here. <laughs> right now. Uh, that's my favorite professor. Oh, my. Uh, I want to tell you that you need to be more, more about what God is doing for you spiritually, for your salvation, not about what he gave you. Because, honey, he, he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. So that doesn't tell you nothing because you don't know, did you get some rain and you still unjust? But if I am dealing with the Lord on a one-to-one, -one, I'll know that whether or not I'm going to be just or unjust. Because it would define me by the word of God. See, I look in here to know who I am. I look in the Bible, the word of God, and it will tell me who I am. It also will tell me where I'm at on my spiritual journey, what things I still need to get right, where I need to grow to. So that's why you should be about that. I want to know what's going on because in the churches, we are not talking these kinds of things. Now, I'm, I'm going to move on. Let's move in the church. To, uh, I'm walking it down. The lay member, you want to be in the streets. You want to have that profanity, but then at the other side of your lip, you want to holler hallelujah. You need to check yourself what's going on. But then you go over, let's get to the motherboard. What we got on the motherboard? We got mother on the motherboard that wants to be as young as the 15-year-old. She coming in. How you going to train the youth how to dress when you dressing like them? How you going to tell... The young girl to pull it up, baby, when yours is down here, your cleavage is about to pop out your dress. I tell you what, I go to and, and do some of these events and I look at the dresses that the young ladies have. And I think to myself, really? Really? You want to wear something that you got to walk? hold like this because you 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 have to pop out. You can't even sit down because if you sit down that split so high that I can see everything on your side just naked, naked. What happened to some mystery? What happened to covering things up? What happened to respect and being respectful? You come into the church looking like you just left the club. 
Why? Because nobody's being trained anymore. They're not getting the training that I grew up with. See, I grew up with the training. My grandmother was in the church sitting there and we was just me and my uh, brother and my sister. We was just talking to somebody about that. We was like, yeah, no, honey, you were scared to walk around the table to put your money on the offer table because you knew she was looking you from head to toe. And if anything was out of order, if there won't no slip on under that skirt, she was going to tell you if you didn't have them that shirt button all the way up your tie on and had your coat on when he walked around that table the, she was going to tell you you didn't look like a young man don't come in there we didn't come to church where the boys wore sagging pants if you tried to walk in the church with a sagging pant I can guarantee you that my grandmother who was called Big Mama she was going to escort you back out the door, put a belt on it, and pop you upside your head and tell you you lost your mind. I want to know, church, what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. We allowed too much. But I ain't ready to give you the full answer. But we allowed too much. What's going on in the church? So the mothers, you ain't training up the women in the way that they should be. The young women, you ain't training them because you're too busy at your 65, 75, 85 self trying to be 15 and 16. Get your act together. Go back in the word and Is that you're supposed to create it, but you don't want to act like you're consecrated. You act like you've been desecrated. Get your acts together. What's going on in the church today? See, we keeping it real today. We ain't talking no junk. I'm not playing with nobody because let me tell you something. The end of times is coming and it's sooner than you think. We don't have time as preachers and pastors and ministers. We don't have time to play with you. Anybody that won't give you the truth, you might need to walk away. Anybody that's telling you it's going to be all right. Oh, don't you worry. Everything is going to be all right. And you walking around lying, stealing, killing, because baby, that tongue is killing a many. You're backbiting, backstabbing, sowing discord. You're causing problems in the church. You're causing problems in your home. You the troublemaker on the job. Baby, you need to stop yourself and get yourself. About yourself to get you together. You might need to step away. Because you need to find somebody that's going to tell you the truth. If your friends won't tell you the truth. They are not your friends. Church, I'm trying to ask you what's going on today. Let's move over to the deacon board. You got the deacons in the church. They want to run the church. But here's the thing. It's saying that the preacher told the people, find among you seven men of good repute. And then it listed they can't be given to strong drink, husband of one wife, not given to filthy lucre. You know, told them them things. Uh-huh. And then, get this, the preacher, they brought them to the preacher and the preacher laid hands on them. So what am I trying to tell you? Stop trying to be the pastor. Work with the pastor. You ain't the pastor. The pastor's in the position that called you. The pastor was called by Christ. The deacon was called through the preacher because he said, why should we stop and go and basically, uh, and I'm paraphrasing for you all, why should we stop preaching the word of God and dealing in the spiritual to handle business of the church? Handle fussing and fighting and the upsets that was going on in the church. So that was your job to handle this, not handle me. You supposed to work with me. And we, here's the other kicker. We should be on one accord. And when we ain't, somebody need to check the word to find out what's going on. What's going on? 
we need to get some love here today because only love can conquer hate. Then I want to go over to the trustee board. Trustee board. They don't want to write a check for nothing. If they didn't get consulted in it and they don't feel like they got to give the five day get to give the final say, they want to tell you, well, we ain't got that. We can't write no check. They hide out. You ain't doing the job that you're supposed to. Checks are coming in late. Why are you paying things late? The church should be the first one to be on time. You should be the first ones to get your stuff in at the assembly. You should be the first ones to pay your light bills. You should be the first ones to pay mortgage if the church got a mortgage. You should not be coming in last. Because we are the light of the world. So we're supposed to be teaching the world and teaching the people in the church how to do things. But the trustees, you're supposed to be handling all of the financial things of the church, the maintenance of the church. Find that you got um, trustees, see the church dirty, won't touch it. They looking for somebody else. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You are supposed to keep the upkeep and maintenance of the church. That's your job. But if you don't want to, then I don't need you as a trustee. Not if I got to pay somebody else to come do the stuff. Yes, we would love for the people of the church to go in and do it, but they ain't going to do it. And if you looked and you watched, it won't the people cleaning the temple. Okay. It was very good stewards. Now, I, I got some good trustees because I got certain ones that they will rock it. They go in there and they'll clean up Holly Grove and the Grove be looking great. But there, where what's going on with the trustees that don't think that they supposed to lift up a hand to do nothing but sign a check? I'm like, sweetie, you got more job than that. You might need to go back and reread your, your description. Because it's more than holding up the conference because you don't want to write a check. You don't want them to progress. So you're talking about how, oh, that's going to cost some money. Well, baby, uh, it ain't your money. If the majority and the church of the church doesn't say we want it, write the check. Don't be holding up progress because you want to feel like you in control of something. What's going on with the church? See, this is the problem. Everybody's got a different agenda other than God's agenda. Now, I want to get to one set before I get to the main. Then it's called the associate ministers. You have these associate ministers. You supposed to be Josh. Is it Josh? Joshua says you're supposed to be helping your pastor. You trying to pastor. You trying to campaign to get the position. You're running around on the outside, getting with groups. Yeah, you know, if I was the pastor, I wouldn't do things like this. If I was the pastor, I would have let y'all do it. Especially when the pastor then said, this is not something that we should be doing. Oh, you know, if I was the pastor, I, I would let y'all do that because I don't see nothing wrong campaigning, calling people. You know the pastor ain't did. Well, you know the pastor said. Oh, you know the pastor did this. Well, I heard that the pastor campaigned. But you're supposed to be that amen if nobody else don't. One of the things when I was a pulpit coordinator um, at my church um, a long time ago, when Elder Vaughn was my pastor, was alive, and I was at a church called United Friendship, he had me coordinating his pulpit. And I wrote a pamphlet called Pulpit Etiquette. And it was uh, approved by the bishop and by Elder Vaughn for me to use it to teach. And one of the things that I put in there, it said, you are the associate, not the pastor. 
God placed the pastor in this position, not you. And I told him, I said, one thing that should always be is that we should be united at all times in the pulpit. It should If you feel you got to stay in the seat, if better yet, go somewhere and visit because your spirit might mess up the Holy Spirit in the church. And we don't need somebody missing their blessing because you got a bad attitude. We should learn how to govern ourselves by the word of God. If you a minister in the church, and you're in that pulpit with the pastor, you're supposed to be a help, not a hindrance. And don't be running around starting troubles with nobody. If you don't want to be there, say bye-bye. But don't cause problems because then you touching the anointed and you're doing the prophet some harm. And God said, He'll take care of you on that level. So be careful. Now let's get to the last one because we want to know what's going on in the church. Well, I done told you. First of all, ain't nobody getting trained. Why are you not getting trained? Because we got too many hirelings in the pulpit. You got to make care about it's the money. What am I getting paid? If you don't pay me, I don't preach. You ain't going to give me this. I'm not coming. I can't pro. I cannot support your programs because you don't pay me to be there. Oh, you want this program on a date that's not the Sunday that I'm in church. Well, I cannot be there unless you're going to pay me gas money. Oh, we don't want to teach and preach the gospel. When it's a hireling, I'm going to get to the anointed preacher, but we're going to start with hireling because I'm going to talk about the trouble, what's going on in the church. All right. Here's this. It's one or two things. They are the preaching to tell you off about what you ain't did. You ain't gave me this. You didn't do that. You ain't been blessing me here. Y'all need to come on and give me that. I come in here and I toil all night and I ain't getting no money. Or the other thing that they preaching is, if you bless me, I see right now, I see the church growing. I see the church growing in a mighty way. All I need for you to do is bless the pastor. If you bless the ministry, uh, bless the pastor. Uh, they can do that high uh, stuff, you know, when they really get me into it because they thinking I'm getting ready to get me about $5,000, $6,000 out of you. I'm going to tell you that if you pour into me, God's going to bless you because they done start preaching a lot of prosperity to the world. And here's the thing. If you do yeah, here's that. Right here. The Holy Bible, he told you how to live. He told you in the Holy Bible, let me give you the scoop. If you ask and have faith, ask it in the Son's name and never doubt. Whatever you ask, it shall be given to the faithful. Here's the thing, the preacher, the hireling, don't care whether you really in the church of Christ or you just in the church. They tell you whatever you need to hear so that they can get your money. If you need to hear that you all right living with that man or living with that woman and you ain't got matrimony, and your name and his name ain't Mr. and Mrs., whatever his last name is. Uh-uh. If they telling you, that's all right, baby. We know. 
I'm here to tell you, make a beeline to the front door and get out as quick as possible. If they telling you that it's okay for you to be 15 and pregnant and we gonna throw you a big old baby shower in the fellowship hall, you might need to make a beeline to the front door and run as fast as possible because you ain't ran across no holy and righteous one. You ain't ran across the call. No, let me make something clear real quick. We understand that parents can't be with their children 24-7. And we know that you might make that bad decision, but it doesn't mean that the baby is a, is a curse. But what it does, what I am speaking to, is you should not be lifted up in your sin. We lifting up people when they doing wrong. We lifting up sinful lifestyles. We lifting up lascivious behavior. We lifting up abomination cause the hireling wants the money. So they won't tell you that you're going to die and go straight to hell if you don't get it right. They scared to talk about fire and brimstone. So tonight, let me tell you what's going on. What's going on is this. If you continue in that way, if you continue. in a lifestyle that's leading you down. Let me tell you what your end will be. There is a thing in the Bible. There's a book called Revelation. A lot of people scared of Revelation. I love Revelation. I love it because it teaches me what my end can be if I don't get myself together. Here's what it tells me. It lets me know that when all the things come and everything comes to an end, it tells me he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, <coughs> excuse me, let him be holy still. Because this is what it says, behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. What does that mean? Let me tell you a little bit about some fire and brimstone. There's a lake of fire that death and hell is going to be cast into. Not only is they going to be cast into it, but the devil and his imps also. So here's what happens. It was made for them, but it enlarged itself for you. Here's what happens. If you don't get yourself together, if you don't stop, Walking down this pathway, leading this lascivious lifestyle, leading this hatefulness, uh, holding on to hatred, sowing discord in your church, uh, being someone in the pulpit, ain't living nothing, trying to tell the people about God when you don't know him yourself. <clears throat> if you keep right on walking this path, there's a lake of fire that has a fire that's going to burn for eternity, your soul will be thrown into it. Now, let me tell you what's so bad about this. Uh, the mortal body can burn up and cease to burn, but the soul is immortal. It never stops. It lives forever. That's what's going to be thrown into the lake of fire. If you don't get it right, you'll burn for eternity. That means that every day, Day in and day out, every moment, every millisecond, you'll be on fire. Good part, if you be just, here's the good part. We get to walk in the cool of the evening with Jesus Christ. I want to tell somebody, you need to ask yourself, what's going on? Look inside your church. See if things are going right. From the head all the way to the end. Check your preacher. Check your pastor. 
Is the pastor leading the life that they preach? If you know that they're not, you need to go get yourself under the covering of a better preacher. You need to find one that's called not a hireling, but a true shepherd. One that'll stay there when the wolves come. Won't run away. Leave you by yourself. Hanging out there defenseless. You need a preacher. You need a pastor that will look out for you in the midst of your sorrows, in the midst of your troubles. They'll get down on their knees and pray when the church looks like it's having troubles. They're the ones that'll turn their plates down fast for the church. They're the ones that's the true shepherd. <clears throat> You got to start asking yourself, what's going on? When you see things in the church that's not going right, don't stand idly by and accept it. Speak up. Be clear. Say this is not right. And if no one is willing to listen to the word of God and change, then you need to leave. Nobody should let <clears throat> tradition and amount of years cost you your soul. And by that I mean, it's my nice church. Okay, but now pretty gospel. Because if you ain't getting the gospel, you need to leave. Now, I told you the gospel means that I got to bring you by the cross. So let me bring you by the cross. Jesus went to go go the hill. He let them nail him to the cross. They stretched him wide. They hung him high and they pierced him in his side. And this was all done for you so that you might have the right to salvation. You might have the right to eternal life. Why will, would you allow a man, I'm talking in general, not male, female, man, man, a preacher, a pastor, a member of the church, a deacon, a trustee, a usher, a, a, a lay member. Why would you allow man to cost you the soul, your soul and your salvation that he went to the cross and died for. He got up for your justification. And when he got up and justified you, that meant that he said, you all right. Now just get up and walk the life. Walk in the faith. Read the guidelines. Read our playbook. We got a playbook. For everything that comes up against us, you got a playbook. It's called the Holy Bible. Pick it up and read it sometimes. Stop waiting on others to give you their interpretation. Read it for yourself. Because, see, your friends, uh -huh, that's the ones that's giving you their interpretation. They don't, they don't sit down and study the word. They don't lay before the Lord and ask for wisdom and, re and to, uh, for him to reveal the mysteries of the word so that you can bring it to the people. They just sitting there like you. And why are you allowing friends to tell you and dictate to you what you should and shouldn't do? Are you not your own person? What's going on? Why is it that we are no longer the church, but instead you, these, you clicks? You don't know how to think unless they tell you. You better get your act together because the end is drawing nigh and the lake of fire is real. Brimstone is real. There's going to be much weeping and gnashing of teeth. Woe unto you that have not found your way to Christ. Because if you don't find him before he comes back, the lake of fire is going to be your home. Me, I'm working 
for my seat at the table. It's time for us to ask ourselves, what's going on? Love can conquer hate. If you start loving your sisters and your brothers and stop beating up on each other, you'll find that the church will grow in unity and in fellowship. You'll see love coming from all over the place. You won't feel lonely, heartbroken, and sad. You won't feel that you have no friend in the church. When you start learning to love one another as he has loved you. Forgive if you want to be forgiven. Bless and you'll be blessed. See, these are the things that we got to learn. If we want to be like Christ, then start reflecting him in your life. I hope that I have said something tonight to bless you and to lift you up and encourage you for the rest of this week. Um, I will be teaching Bible study on Wednesday night for Holly Grove right here on um, Facebook. So we start at seven o'clock. Please feel free to join in. Uh, we are in the book of Ephesians, so feel free. You're always welcome to join us on our Bible study nights. Amen. So I hope to see you then. And if not, stay blessed. Read your Bible. Study. Be recognized a hireling from the shepherd and a lamb from a wolf. Be blessed, and I'll see you next time.